Monday, July 18th, 2022. Well, here we are, another day older and deeper in debt. Hopefully not deeper in debt. Although, that is a trend that is going to get worse for a while, and the folks are going to have to pay more dearly for their debt as the Fed continues to fight off this beast that has been created. You know, there's a lot of finger-pointing as to who or what has created this inflation monster. Not near as bad as it was back in the early 80s. I was uh, actually trying to sell cars and work with my dad back then. I remember 21% prime rate. Just take a bite of that, folks, you youngins, complaining about 5% mortgages and 6% mortgages. Um, I remember when, uh, let's say, we were just getting killed uh, as far as the car business was concerned. Then General Motors, Ford closely followed, and then so did Chrysler. Um, General Motors came out with a special low interest rate to help get some things going. 13.9% APR. Oh, we advertised the you-know-what out of that. One year later, it's 2.9. So, uh, you know, think of all the, all the time that, we've, that has gone by that we've had 0% financing. It's been ridiculous. I mean, we have had such a long period of, of cheap money. And, um, you know, a lot of people have taken advantage of that. Now they're all getting angry. You know, because the interest rates are, gosh, up there above 5%. Come on. That's just, you know, I guess the related issue to that is the fact that cars have gotten so expensive. And I'm not going to argue with you there. Now, that's a that's a big deal. So what are the banks and, and uh, lending institutions doing about that? Well, they're just extending the terms. So instead of uh, 36 months was a long term back in 1978, Uh, 120 months is a short term in 2022. 120 months. I believe that's 10 years to pay for a car. Now, there's a good and bad to everything. The good side is that back in 1978, if a car lasted 100,000 miles, you were lucky. Typically, the uh, greatest degradation started happening around 75,000 miles, uh, long after the warranty could provide any assistance. And now um, we're seeing 250,000, 300,000 miles on cars that are well-maintained. Uh, that is, if they are well-maintained. And a lot of people still don't check their oil. They don't even know how. Do you know how to check your oil? Do you rely on somebody else to do that? Do you rely on somebody else to check the air pressure in your tires? Um, shame on you. You should know how to do that. I don't care if you, know, you wear lily-white gloves every day to go to the grocery store. Um, you should be able to open, pull your hood, find the dipstick, pull it out, wipe it off, stick it back in there, pull it out again, and read it. But there's an amazing number of people who don't know how to do that. How about changing a tire? Do you know that your car has a spare tire? You know, that was something that was very common. Tire technology has greatly improved over the years, and you don't see as many blowouts as you used to see. Um, but I think the biggest thing to, uh, have an impact on that has been the cell phone. Uh, the cell phone has 
and roadside assistance and that type of thing. So there's a whole industry out there designed to help people or, or to rescue people when they fail. But what if, yeah, what if you happen to be in a remote area and uh, your car breaks down and you have no clue even where your spare tire is, let alone your jack? Um, you've never taken a lug nut off of a car. You've, you're afraid you're going to break your nails, guys. Well, that was a funny. But anyway, of course, I don't want to break my nails. You know, I've noticed as I've gotten older, my nails get more fragile. But that's a side note. Um, the thing that, that you have to be able to understand is that there's not always going to be help. And if you're stranded in a car, you know, on a deserted road, it can happen. Should you not at least know how to do it? Should you not do it once? You know, you can go out there in your driveway and do it. You know, a couple of things you want to make sure of, though, is that you are on level ground, that it is flat. You do not want to jack up a car when it's on the side of a slope. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Of course, most people don't read their owner's manual. They don't know where that is either. Um, they just buy the car and drive it. Uh, they listen to the salesperson a little bit, you know, when they were taking delivery of the car. And... Uh, Never again do they open the glove box. And, and probably 90% of you, the uh, owner's manual, warranty book and stuff, still in plastic, um, never opened, never read. So I think uh, you can go in there. It'll tell you how to jack up a car and, and change a tire. But, you know, if you've never tried to break loose a lug nut on a car with a little old tire tool, uh, you haven't lived. It's a great experience. Uh, sometimes you need a helper. And that's something that you can put over the lug wrench, kind of attached to it, put it over the end of it, and give you more leverage. You know, the farther you go out, the longer you make that, that, that piece of steel, the more leverage you have, and it's easier to break those lug nuts loose. You've got to have a, a little pipe that will sl slide right over top of that lug nut wrench, and you'll be able to break that loose. These are just little things that you need to be able to do. Now, you know, again, if you can call somebody, that's that's one thing. But, gosh, I, I bet I've had to change, I don't know, 50 tires in my lifetime. And probably 25 of those were for other people who were stranded on the side of the road. I'm not trying to be a martyr here, but, you know, that's just something that I've done, you know, over the years and rescued some folks and got some good hugs and stuff like that for that. But you should know how to do that. You should know how to check the air pressure in your tires. You should know how to, you know, look underneath the hood and see if uh, certain uh, levels of fluids are low. I mean, don't you just hate it when you're going down the road and you you got bugs all over your windshield or a big old bird just dropped, you know, on your windshield and you want to get that off and you hit the squirter and nothing comes out. Um, it's because you used it all or you have a leak in your tank. And so you know, having the, that kind of stuff available at your house Oh, my husband does that. Well, what if he's not around? You know, I've seen uh, in the car, I've been in business a long time. I've seen a lot of husbands uh, leave the earth and leave their wife with very little knowledge on how to do anything with regards to the car and a total lack of understanding of, you know, what do you do if you have a problem? How do you recognize certain noises and stuff? I think, you know, if you know these things, then you should pass them on to the people because, you know, you just they you may not be around to be able to help them, and they may not be able to find somebody else. And so, 
I think this starts at an early age. When, when somebody becomes a, a new driver, for example, shouldn't they, shouldn't they learn this stuff? I don't think they – maybe they teach it in driver's ed. I don't know. I think that uh, your 16-year-old, when they're 15, get their permit. Son, let's go outside on the driveway, and let me show you a couple things about the car. Let me tell you about tire tread depth. Let me tell you how to inspect your tires. Let's let's just take one tire and wheel off. Let's just do it. Let's put it up on a jack. Let's take the tools out of it. Let's jack this car up. Let's pull. Let's break the lug nuts loose. Get the spare. Put it put it on there. Tighten them back up. Let the car back down. Let's do that. Let let me show you some key key things to check underneath the hood. And it's your responsibility. It's not the guy down at the Texaco station because he's gone. Are there any Texaco stations anymore? I don't even know what that is now. I think BP might have bought them. Who knows? But you remember they used to do some of that stuff. They, uh, I, I always thought that was fun to watch when I was a kid is watch that guy come out in his little hat. And my mom would pop the hood. Want me to check your oil? And he would check the oil and add windshield washer solvent and check the wiper blades. Ma'am, your wiper blades are dangerously worn. You want some new wiper blades? Sure, put them on there. And uh, and then when you filled up the car with gas, check the air pressure and the tires. And then when it's time to pay, he brings that little hard, you know, that plastic thing with your credit card attached to it. And she'd sign that, and he'd tear off a copy and say bye bye. That was a good feeling. And a lot of that stuff just does not get done now because people don't think they need to. Now, granted, cars don't use oil like they used to. Um, you don't, there's a there's a lot longer distance between oil changes, however. You know, I remember when it was recommended you change oil every 2,000 miles. Now there are cars out there you can go 15,000 if you use uh, uh, synthetic oil. That's ridiculous. You still need to check it. What if that engine's using oil? Do you know how much it costs to put a new engine in a BMW? I had to do that in Mercedes one time. Well, I didn't. Uh, they sold us a wrong filter uh, for a... Um, I won't name the auto parts place, but we ordered a filter for a, a late model B, uh, Mercedes Benz. It lasted a thousand miles after they put that filter on it. Destroyed the engine. Um, first quote on the engine was over thirty thousand dollars, and I called my insurance agent. He says you don't have coverage for that. Great. So um, I called the um, the guys at the, the auto parts store and I said, "Listen, this happened." They said, "Well, I have to check with my supervisor." Well, I got a call from the supervisor, and the supervisor said, yeah, that's on us. I saw the receipt. You called in for a filter for this particular vehicle. We sent you the wrong filter. I was grateful. Um, that kind of stuff can happen. But still, knowledge is power, and this is just something I wanted to pass on to you. Okay, take my first break. Be back here in just a minute. Okay, I'm back. Uh, I was mentioning yesterday no, sorry, Friday, about the uh, number of recalls. I had three recalls on my F-150. It's a 2022 model. I know they shouldn't have problems right after, you know, they sell you a vehicle, should they? But they do. You know, they're made by humans, and they're very complicated uh, computers and, and um, mechanical things and uh, trim and and uh, even you know, we occasionally we'll see a delamination of, of the dashboard or something. You know, that doesn't happen very often. But uh, none of those things, that, that type of thing is not covered by recall. You know why? Because it doesn't involve the safety of the vehicle. Recalls 
are based on uh, safety issues, and they are issued by the uh, United States National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. And so there's been quite a few uh, new ones. Nissan is actually recalling a big one, 322,671 vehicles. Um, I'll tell you what that's for here in just a second. Ford is recalling 63,000 2022 Broncos and Rangers. They actually are built on the same chassis. This is, a, uh, this is one that kind of caught me off guard. The windshield may not have been properly bonded to the vehicle, which could allow it to, to uh, become detached during a crash. So what are they doing? They're pulling windshields, folks. They're sending... Um, like the Safe Light people, to your home or wherever to replace your windshield. And so the windshield is coming out. They're not replacing the windshield. They're just taking it out and then putting it back in, making sure that they're using the right adhesive. Uh, so if you have a 2022 Bronco or a Ranger, then this is something you need to be uh, needs to be done. Uh, General Motors is recalling 228. <laughs> Cadillac XT5s, XT6s, and GMC Acadia all-wheel drive vehicles. The fuel tank rollover valve may not provide a proper seal. I remember we had a, uh, it wasn't a recall, it was a, what they call a TSB, Technical Service Bulletin. Now that's something that, that you when you go to your dealership next time, next time you go into the dealership for a service visit, uh, say, could you check and see if there's any recalls of my vehicle that I may have overlooked? So he'll check. Uh, could you also see if there's any TSBs on my vehicle that I n- might need to be aware of? And he'll look at you and say, how do you know about TSBs? And you say, I listen to AM 910 every day um, to the car guru. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, you got to... Uh, you got to pay attention to those TSBs because they don't co- they cover everything else other than safety related issues. So you got the feds covering the safety and you got the TSBs that you never find out about. You know, you'll never get a letter from a manufacturer and say, "You know, we've got these Ford edges that are leaking really badly because the uh, because there's a a little area inside the door jam that we forgot to put sealer on and is allowing an aquarium full of water to get into your floorboard. That'd be nice to know, wouldn't it? Well, the only way we can find it out is if you find out if there's a TSB on that. Honda's recalling a lot of, oh, that's motorcycles. Who cares about motorcycles? Uh, Kia is, is 20, if you own a 21 or 22 Sorento, um, either a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid, you know the difference, right? Well, it should be obvious. The plug-in is if you want to get extra juice, and go, it will run more in electric power if it's a plug-in hybrid. A little bit bigger motor, a little bit bigger battery than just a regular hybrid. A hybrid just is a strictly a, a vehicle with a smaller battery and regenerative braking that charges the battery. You don't plug it in. It just recharges. Just like my PowerBoost F-150, it's a, it's a hybrid, not a plug-in hybrid. But they've got 17,199 of them that the uh, front driver's side and passenger side seatbelt pretensioner may explode upon de- deployment. Anytime they, you know, they say something that's near to my body and they say that it could explode, I'm going to get that fixed. 
Uh, Nissan, I told you about them. This is a big recall. 322,671 vehicles. 2013 to 2016 Nissan Pathfinders. Uh, secondary hood latch may malfunction. Okay, so you have a main hood latch. When you, know, when you reach down and pull the hood, it pops up part of the way, right? Well, there's another one. Remember, you have to stick your hand in there and release it in order for it to come through the rest of the way. Some of those are failing. Um, and also, Nissan is recalling 180,000 2020 through 2022 Frontiers and Titans. They're inside your transmission. When you put it, this is something I probably need to talk about. When you, when you put your transmission in park, there's this little thing called a PAWL, a P-A-W-L, that slides into place. And that kind of holds the car. If you notice that you can park on a hill and not set your parking brake, well, guess what? Those paws can break. They can get worn out, and they can just snap and break. And then you got to go into the transmission to fix your transmission. Um, I've said this many times, but folks, when you're parking on a hill, well, you should always set your parking brake. A lot of people say, nah, it's too much trouble. But you should uh, because of the habit. Because if you park on a hill and you are just relying on that parking pole, then you're putting a lot of stress on it, and uh, it doesn't need that much stress. It's got enough stress. So you need to uh, set your parking brake first, then put your car in park. That'll save your parking pole. He'll be so happy. Uh, Stellantis, the parent of uh, Stellantis, there's that name again. That's the parent company of all Chrysler brands, Jeep, Dodge, Jeep. Uh, what else do they have? Chrysler. I already said that. Uh, or Ram, yeah. And Peugeot and a few others. I think Mitsubishi might be in that too. It's called Stellantis. Still can't get over that. But they're recalling 270,904 2018 Jeep or 2018 through 19 Jeep Grand Cherokee and Dodge Durangos. The anti-lock brake system module may illuminate the brake lights and allow the vehicle to start and shift out of park without the brake pedal being applied. You know, nothing is supposed to go into drive unless you have your foot on the brake. And if you aren't, aren't used to manual transmissions, you know, they're not supposed to start now unless the clutch is engaged. you got to push the clutch down for it to start. Doesn't matter if you're in neutral. That clutch isn't engaged. They're not going to start. Toyota is recalling 661 uh, Sub what? Subaru Solterra. I don't even know what that is. And Toyota BZ4X. Boy, they come up with some brilliant names. Hub bolts on the wheels may loosen, causing the wheel to detach from the vehicle after low mileage use. 661 units are affected. That would be a major concern of mine if I was driving one of those oddly named vehicles. So I guess my point, I just want to go over a few key issues here. Recalls are safety-related. You won't get a recall because your vinyl top is peeling off. Remember vinyl tops? <laughs> that used to be a really big thing, you know, back when I was younger. Um, of course, it started back in the 30s, and they put uh, different kinds of vinyl and rubber and stuff like that. Really cool look. Uh, got a little old, and people said, we don't need vinyl anymore. Another thing that dealers used to do back in my heyday was you take a perfectly good car and you drill holes in it so you can put body side moldings on it. Uh, huh. No wonder they rusted out. But no, we don't do that anymore. Remember when pinstripes used to be a big deal? You know, every time somebody bought a car, oh, got to put stripes on it. Uh, that has gone away as well. 
You know what those stripe guys now do for a living? All the people that used to put pinstripes on cars, you know what they do now? They push out dents. Yeah, they just adapted, and they became became dent wizards. And uh, and they probably make a lot more money doing that because of all the hail storms and stuff like that we have. So anyway, people adapt, don't they? Okay, I'm going to adapt here for just a minute. I'll be back. Okay, folks, I am back. You know, I am a real live new car dealer, and I want to stay that way. Um, I told my, my nephew who runs a sales department here at Gateway Ford and Gateway Nissan and my daughters that work here and my son-in-law and whoever else wants to work here. You know, I, I consider my employees family too. Um, I work real hard to make sure that they feel like that. Sometimes I fail, um, just like we all do. You know, when I fail the most is when I do not uh, talk to them enough. You know, when we don't have the really engaging conversations. You know, I, I look at two different kinds of conversations. One is a transactional conversation where you're just doing business, you know, talk about business stuff, um, you know, getting somebody's car fixed or making sure we're, we uh, take care of this situation or that. Um, different kind of conversation when you sit down and say, how you doing? Is everything okay? How's the family? Um, anything I can do for you to make your job better, to help you do your job better? Um, anything I need to change? Anything you don't like other than my hair? I know it is falling out. Um, you know, I, these kind of conversations just don't happen enough in business. I don't think they have enough in families either. Who do you need to talk to? You know, who do you need to share something with or ask how they're doing? Um, we're all so busy, aren't we? We're so busy. We're so tied up and nonsense things that that really don't deserve that much of our attention and we ignore the things that are really important um i'm gonna try to do better at that maybe you need to also i don't know i'm not judging I, well i'm judging myself because i really uh, think this is an area of weakness and hopefully um that my daughter and nephew and and those folks who will you know pretty much be running this place uh, in the future will do better than I did as far as staying connected. I think a lot of businesses would have much less turnover if they would just talk. You know, and, and a lot of people say, well, we do employee evaluations. Well, that's a lot of fun. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, normally this kind of conversation will happen interdepartmentally. It doesn't happen on a, on a corporate-wide scale. It's, it's just too big. You know, you just have to... It's, it's really on a small scale, but you've got to train those people to do it, and you've got to hire people who do that naturally. You know, it's hard to train some people to do anything if, if it's against their nature, and you have to really understand who they are and how they think. Um, I've put so many people in the wrong position. They just were not the right type of personality to handle it. And um, sometimes you have to do the personality profile testing and stuff. I think at Pals is really good at that, you know, my favorite fast food restaurant. Uh, they evaluate people. They you ought to, you wouldn't believe the hiring process you got to go through to be able to work at Pals. Now, if you have to go through that to work at Pals, shouldn't you have to go through maybe a little bit more to work at a car dealership, or be a nurse or a doctor or something? I don't know, just something to think about. Okay, well that's the end of this show, my car guru. I will see you tomorrow. Well, I won't see you. I'll talk to you again tomorrow morning.